keep this growing, keeps me able to pay the bills and continue to do this. So thank you for that as well. All the links are in the description, right? All right, so we are about to start the ninth chapter, Prophecies Conferred on Learners and Adepts. In other words, Sharvakas and Pratyekabuddhas. Um, and this chapter marks, certainly for ten, uh, GE, uh, Tendai adherents, certainly early Tendai, Chinese Tendai. Um, and I think uh, for Dengyo, there's some evidence that it also uh, made it into Japan Tendai. Um, Tendai kind of fell apart after Dengyo's passing. Nichiren talks all about that, so I won't burden you with that. Um, but this chapter marks a, um, a shift in the sutra. So far, as you know, a lot of discussion has been made on this is a new thing. This is something beyond what you've learned. This is now the ultimate teaching. There's a lot of Lotus Sutra justification, glorification, uh, indicating that it's not uh, a denial of everything thought before it, but it is a shift, an ultimate shift. That, in other words, a shift, not a change in philosophy, but the ultimate goal of the philosophies. So what we're hearing from the Sharvakas and from the Pratyakabuddhas and from uh, uh, the Bodhisattvas, this is actually a new definition of Bodhisattva because those three vehicles are now seen as provisional, expedient means, skillful devices. Yeah. And so now people are learning of the, like Shariputra, an, uh, an arhat of the Hinayana, the early teachings, yes? Very knowledgeable. But Shariputra has to come to this realization in the third chapter with the, the parable about the burning house. Has to come to realize that, oh, I, di I didn't achieve what I thought I achieved. I didn't know this particular bodhisattva vehicle, this ultimate vehicle, using the skills of bodhisattva was going to make it not only possible, but inherently available to all of us, this vaulted Buddhahood, which we all believed had to take multiple lifetimes and long millennials to attain. Oh, it's already here and we can attain it now? Mind blown, right? But that's a huge shift. Imagine that. You've been following and practicing and learning and teaching from your master these teachings, and suddenly, very suddenly, the master comes and teaches you along with everyone else. By the way, you, all of this that you've learned, don't throw it away, but it's only been preparatory. That goal that I've set way out there for you that you would maybe one day reach, well, it's right here for you to have it right now. You just got to change your mindset, the way that you're practicing, and understand that this is something you can invoke right now, immediately. And stop thinking about these multiple lifetimes because they're just, 
that's just a device to get you to understand dedication, time, hmm? resolve. But it, it's this life or no life. I mean, this is a lot of information to take in. So in a way, you could see why he spent nine chapters reviewing it, restating it for each different level. And still, as I pointed out before, this formula that comes from early teachings that no matter how hard you study, you won't become a Buddha unless a Buddha gives you permission. In other words, tells you, yeah, you're going to become a Buddha by this name, and now you can assume Buddhahood. No, that's all, that's all provisional. The person, the Buddha that tells you that you can become a Buddha is already in you. That Buddha's name is your name. Give yourself permission to attain Buddha-ness. What? Right? Nichiren saw this. And yet Nichiren still spoke in the vernacular that the people of Japan in his day would understand. But he knew this. It's all throughout his Gosho. This is something you can do right now. We're not there yet. But these first nine chapters are all about transitioning from all those provisional teachings to give, to, to give confidence and not lose, create so much doubt. Remember, we talk about doubt all the time. You're going to make these people doubt. Well, they shouldn't doubt because they now have what they can have. They now have permission. So this is why all these prophecies or permissions or foretellings, whatever you want to call them, you'll be able to do this. That's what all of this is about. After this chapter, he hits his cousin and his, uh, his son and gives them permission, and it's a short chapter. Then we set in on, okay, doing this teaching that I'm about to teach you, because he hadn't really set out the Lotus Sutra yet. Although this is the Lotus Sutra, but it's all preparation for this drop the mic moment he's going to give, right? Hasn't given it yet. Now the next chapters will deal with, here's what you can expect out of practicing this bodhisattva path. This one vehicle. And this is where he introduces the merits of the bodhisattva, this bodhisattva. The jeweled stupa, right? Which Nichiren embodies in his scroll, in his mandala, yeah? So, yeah, it's going to move quickly once we get out of this chapter. So hang on, here we go. Prophecies conferred on learners and adepts. At that time, Ananda, his cousin, and Rahula, his son, thought, we're constantly thinking how pleasant it would be if we were to receive a prophecy now you understand why everyone keeps wanting to receive this prophecy, because that's how they've been taught for 40-some-odd years that would enable them to attain Buddhahood. Without it, they could never get there. They need to drop that, but they're, we've covered everyone up to his very son, and now we're going to accomplish it with his son, right? So that we stop having this doubt. 
Then straightway, rising from their seats and going into the Buddha's presence, with heads bowed, they did obeisance to the Buddha's feet and together addressed the Buddha, saying, World-honored one, we should also have share in this, for only in the Buddha do we take our refuge. Also, we are seen and recognized by the gods, men, Ashuras of all the worlds. Ananda is in constant attendance, guarding and keeping the treasure house of the Dharma, you. Rahula is the Buddha's son. If the Buddha grants us a prophecy of Anuttara Samyak Sambodai, then not only shall our wishes be fulfilled, but also the hopes of the multitude shall be satisfied, right? Because they all look to us as the preeminent teachers. So if you confer upon us this, this promise that we'll attain Buddhahood, then everyone in the multitude of the assembly and beyond in all the ten directions, all these minds, this assembly of sentience, because it's not actual people, you couldn't fit them in, on Vulture Peak, right? But we've talked about that before. So the point, uh, Ananda, is it's Ananda, right? Oh, well, both of them, Ananda and Rahula, are saying, since we're seen as the preeminent scholars of Buddhism, your teachings, Shakyamuni, then if we're guaranteed from you to be Buddhas, then no one has any reason to doubt. Oh, okay, finally we'll put a, a cork on this one, yeah? At that time, there were voice-hearing disciples, Sharvakas, both those who were learning and those who had nothing more to learn, the arhats of the Sharvakas, like Shariputra, to the number of 2,000, all of whom rose from their seats, barred only by their, uh, bared only their right shoulder, went before the Buddha and single-mindedly joining palms, looked up at the world-honored one, expressing prayerful wishes, as had Ananda and Rahula. Then they stood to one side. Prayerful. And I've told you why I don't like that word in Buddhism. Because it is, as it says here, prayerful wishes. They're waiting again to be bestowed something, which, as you and I know from our study of Lotus, and as we get into it, we will find that that is an illusion, an aberration. We don't have to beseech our enlightenment from anything or anyone. It's already there. Right? Beg yourself. It's your awakening. You are the one who awakens. Hmm? But evidently, that's not shared knowledge yet. It should be. It's frustrating that it isn't. But So I'll allow that word to be there and say, okay, I understand why it's there. But if it shows up later in this translation, I'm going to have a problem with Leon. <laughs> okay? So here we go. At that time, the Buddha declared to Ananda, In an age to come, you shall succeed in becoming a Buddha called Consummate King and Master of Wisdom of Mountains and Sea. Thus come one worthy offerings 
right? Universal knowledge, clarity of conduct, perfect, well gone, understanding the world, unexcelled, worthy, a regulator of men is of stature, a teacher of gods and men, a Buddha, a world-honored one, right? That whole epitaph. You shall make offerings to 62 millions of Buddhas and guard and keep their treasure houses of Dharma. Thereafter, you shall attain Anuttara Samyak Sambodai and teach and convert bodhisattvas equal in number to the sands of 20,000 myriads of millions of Ganges rivers, causing them to achieve Anuttara Samyak Sambodai. Now, I want to pause there for just a moment. This is a critical thing to perceive as the bodhisattva of the lotus. Please pay attention. Every time Shakyamuni makes this statement, and I know we've heard it many, many times, he makes a prediction for the future that you will attain full, perfect, complete enlightenment. Then, pay attention to the sequence, then he says, you will, how does he say it? Make offerings to 62 millions of Buddhas and guard and keep their treasure houses of Dharma. Do you understand what that means? You'll attain enlightenment, and with that enlightenment, you will communicate to all these Buddhas. What Buddhas? Even in the history of Buddhism, there's only either 8 or 16 or 24 in total Buddhas. I mean, even amidst the folklore and the tales and the stories, where are these 20 millions of zillions of Buddhas at? They've never been discussed before. It's the people. Every sentient mind is a potential Buddha, you and I included. And how are those Buddhas and their dharmas being protected and kept? through the bodhisattva who's attained Anuttara Samyak Sambodai. This is the interesting mix of a Lotus Sutra bodhisattva. You are a bodhisattva because you are in a physical body, but you have a mind that is enlightened fully. You course in the world of samsara as a bodhisattva with a Buddha mind. This is the whole game changer of the Lotus Sutra. Many, many, many academics, scholars, and even uh, Buddhist teachers totally miss this point. But it is the critical one. It is the one Nietzsche keeps pointing us to. Hmm? So let's read on. And because of that, because we're talking and addressing to other people's Buddha nature, which they haven't awakened yet, but through discussion of the Lotus Method, we are speaking to their Buddha nature. This is why, you, if you've ever wondered why do, do, is it said that the first thing we should do when meeting somebody who uh, is either curious about Buddhism or who we're introducing to Buddhism, chant. The first thing you do is chant, at least Sancho. 
if not, uh, if not, if they're more interested or coming over to chant with you, to chant for at least five minutes, 15 if you can, before you have any discussion of anything else. Why? Because Namu Myoho Renge Kyo is me opening my Buddha mind. And by opening that Buddha mind, even if they have no idea what that means, avails them to an understanding they hadn't had before. They'll be able to hear your words for their intent rather than simply the words. They won't be chewing on the words trying to, but you said this, but I said that, but they say that, but that, but that. They'll be more, they may do that, but they'll be more attuned to get the meaning of what you're saying. Or maybe you're reading it out of a Gosho or, or the Lotus Sutra or some of the documents on the course study page on threefoldlotus.com or out of the uh, Buddhism reference manuals that I'm preparing that you can download, yeah? You give them an opened mind with which to perceive differently than their mundane, regular old samsaric mind. That's why it's so critical. So, your realm shall be named the ever-raised banner of victory. Its land shall be pure, having Vaidruda for soil, Durya for soil. The Kalpa shall be named subtle sound, all-pervading. That Buddha's lifespan shall be incalculable, thousands of myriads of millions of Asamkaya Kalpas. We've talked about all this before, right? The influence, the, the participation, the experience of life will change. It does. Even without our notice, it changes every day. It has no choice. We are momentum. Either we keep repeating the same thing, yawn, or we advance. We become more aware. Situations become much more clear. And we move forward with a, a constructive mind rather than a destructive mind. Hmm? That's the fulcrum. If a man should reckon by thousands of myriads of millions of incalculable asamkaya kalpas, he still would not be able to know the sum. His true dharma shall abide in the world twice as long as his lifespan, and his counterfeit dharma shall abide in the world twice as long again. The counterfeit, as I've explained before, is really the semblance dharma or the dharma that is of expedient devices, skillful means to lead people toward the truth. But as Nietzsche would come to say, just teach the lotus. In this day and age, I mean, we're not, we're not back 2,700 years ago with Shakyamuni trying to reach these people or, or you know, 2,500 years ago, if, if you want to say the Lotus Sutra wasn't written by, you know, by then, it was written much later. Well, even the people of those eras, long, long ago, still had to hear things in this way, yeah? But in our day, we just get to it. Everyone's capable. Everyone has the capacity. Even if they resist it, it's better for them to have created some kind of relationship with Namo Myorengekyo. Even if they malign it, it's still a lesser offense 
than not knowing it at all and living a life of suffering. But that's Nietzschean. In the Lotus, we're not quite, we're not in that day, right? Ananda, this Buddha, consummate king and master of the wisdom of mountain sea, shall be praised in unison by all Buddhas. Why wouldn't he be? Since all Buddhas is you and I, well, not you and I, literally, but the you and I of the day. Hmm? The thus come ones, in each of the ten directions, equal in number to the sands of countless thousands of myriads of millions of Ganges rivers, who shall praise his merits. At that time, the world-honored one wishing to restate this meaning proclaimed Gathas, saying, Now in the Sangha's midst, I tell you, that Ananda, who bears the Dharma, shall make offerings to Buddhas and thereafter achieve right, enlightened intuition. He shall be called the wisdom of mountains, mountains and sea, the Buddha, the consummate king. His realm, perfectly pure, shall be named the ever-raised banner of victory. He shall teach and convert bodhisattvas in numbers like to the Ganges' sands. And there is, in his words, exactly what I was saying earlier. By speaking to now bodhisattvas practicing the Lotus Method, he will bring them to Anuttara, Anuttara Samyak Sambodai. In numbers like the Ganges, that Buddha shall have a great imposing majesty. His name will and renown filling the ten directions. His lifespan shall have no measure, since he shall have pity on the multitude of living beings. His true Dharma shall be double his lifespan, and his counterfeit Dharma double that again. Equal in number to Ganges' sands, countless living beings within this Buddha Dharma shall plant the causes and conditions of the Buddha path. At that time, those within the assembly who had just launched their thoughts, 8,000 persons all thought, we have not heard even a great Bodhisattva get such a prophecy as this. What reason can there be for the voice hearers now to receive such assurances? Right? Because the Bodhisattvas they know of are that third teaching. The Lotus Sutra is a fourth teaching. There's some controversy about that, but it's easier to think of it that way. It makes sense that way. Hmm? What reason can there be? At that time, the world-honored one, knowing the thoughts in the Bodhisattvas' minds, hmm, said to them, Good men, I shared a place with Ananda in the presence of the Buddha king of emptiness. And at that time, as Ananda experienced the thought of Anuttara Samyak Sambodai. I've already taught this to him. However, Ananda constantly wished to be a hearer of much very learned person, while I constantly strove with vigor for the enlightenment of all. Ananda chose to be a Shravaka and an Arhant. He was stubborn. He thought, well, I'm still going for this because I don't have the confidence to see myself as a Buddha, even though I already told him he could be and should be. The way Ananda heard that evidently was, okay, one day I'll get there. Thanks. Thanks for the pat on the back. 
He didn't understand that Shakyamuni was saying, no, right now. But that was Ananda's choice. There's a lot of that in Buddhism. Where, like a parent, you tell your son or your cousin or your daughter, you can do this, and for lack of belief in themselves, they all see it as a compliment and encouragement, and, gee, thanks, Dad, but they don't believe it. How many parables, how many stories have we read of this kind of a problematic? This is Mara. This is the influence of Samsara. This incorrigible disbelief. Ichantika. <gasps> now do you understand what that means? Stop doing that. Invest, believe, have confidence. Every time you chant the Daimoku, it's critical. Nietzsche reminds us all the time. This is why I have already contrived to achieve Anuttara Samyak Sambodai. While Ananda guards and keeps my Dharma, teaching, converting, and perfecting a multitude of bodhisattvas, such having been his former wish, i.e. to guard the Dharma, he has now received this prophecy as his reward. Now I'm telling him directly again, okay, you see all this work you've done? Well, you can have this. And suddenly to Ananda, it's like he's hearing it all over again, thinking, oh, I really can? Right? How many times have we done that in our lives? As young people, certainly. When he finally clicks and we go, I can do that. What, what kept us from it? Only ourselves, right? Our attitude, our intent. When Ananda himself facing the Buddha heard this prophecy and the description of the adornments of his land, he, his wishes were fulfilled and his heart was overjoyed since he had gained what he had never had before or let himself have before. In that instance, he recalled the Dharma store of the incalculable thousands of myriads of millions of past Buddhas and their unobstructed attainments, just as he was hearing them now. This is how everyone attains enlightenment. He also recalled his own original vow. At that time, Ananda proclaimed Gathas, saying, Oh, world-honored one, it is exceedingly rare how you cause me to recall past incalculable Buddha dharmas, just as I am hearing them today, now, no longer in doubt, I dwell securely in Buddha's path. Now I have the confidence. Why I never had it before, I don't know, but now I realize. Hmm? By expedient means, having become his attendant, guarding and keeping the Buddha's dharma finally brought me to this realization, but you had to kick it into me, right? At that time, the Buddha declared to Rahula, in an age yet to come, you shall become a Buddha called one who treads on flowers of seven jewels. A thus come one worthy of offerings, da, 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 da. You shall make offerings to Buddhas, to those, uh, to thus come ones, equal in number to the grains of dust in ten worlds, you shall ever be an eldest son to those Buddhas, just as you are now. The description of the land of the Buddha, one who treads on flowers of seven jewels, the number of kalpas in his lifespan, the number of disciples converted by him, 
His true dharma and his comfort dharma shall all be the same as those of the thus come one consummate king and master of wisdom of mountains and sea, there being no difference. You shall also be an eldest son to this Buddha as well, and thereafter you shall attain Anuttara Samyaksambodai, my dear son. At that time, the world honored one wishing to restate proclaimed Gathas. When I was a crown prince, Rahula was my eldest son, right? He had this son before he went off toward his enlightenment. Now that I have perfected the Buddha path, he, having received the Dharma, is my Dharma son. In an age yet to come, you shall see incalculable millions of Buddhas to all whom you shall be an eldest son, single-mindedly seeking the Buddha path. This, Rahula, Rahula's secret conduct, only I can know. Now he is my eldest son and shows this to the living beings. His incalculable millions of thousands of myriads of merits cannot be counted. He dwells secure in the Buddha Dharma and thus seeks the unexcelled path. At that time, the world honored ones saw the learners and those who had nothing more to learn, all 2,000 of them, their minds pliant, quietly calm, single-mindedly observing the Buddha. The Buddha declared to Ananda, Ananda, do you see these, both learners and those who have nothing more to learn, all 2,000 of them, or do you not? Yes, I do see them. Ananda, these men shall make offerings to Buddhas, to thus come ones, equal in number to the grains of dust in 50 worlds. They shall honor and revere them, guard and keep their treasure of Dharma. And at that later end, at the same time, and in all the realms of the ten directions, shall each be enabled to achieve Buddhahood, all being called by the same name, jewel sign, the thus come one, worthy of offerings, right and universal knowledge, clarity of conduct, in other words, full, complete nirvana, right? Well, gone, understanding of the world, so on and so forth. Their lifespan being one kalpa, their lands, the number of their voice hearers and bodhisattvas, their true dharma and counterfeit dharmas shall all be exactly equal to one another. At that time, the world-honored one wishing to restate this meaning proclaimed gathas. These 2,000 voice hearers now in my presence stand, and on them I... Uh, all, I confer a prophecy that in time yet to come, the future, they shall achieve Buddhahood. The Buddhas to whom they shall make offerings shall, all, shall be like grains of dust, as I have already said. They shall guard and keep those Buddhas' dharmas treasure. They then achieve right, enlightened intuition. Each dwelling in the realms of the ten directions, they shall have the same name at the same time, they shall sit on the platform of the path and thus bear direct witness to unexcelled knowledge. All shall be named Jewel Sign and their lands and disciples. True Dharma and counterfeit Dharma shall be absolutely the same with no difference. All by resort to the same supernatural penetrations shall save living beings in the ten directions. Their names shall be universally renowned and they shall enter into Nirvana.
Now that nirvana is the nirvana of extinction. In other words, they will have completed their bodhisattva mission with the, the mind. And their influence will last all this time, a kalpa. Hmm? At that time, the learners and those who had nothing more to learn, all 2,000 of them, having heard the Buddha's prophecy and dancing for joy, proclaimed a very short gatha, saying, O world-honored one, O lamp of wisdom, since we have heard the sound of prophecy, our hearts are full of joy, as if we had been infused with sweet dew. So now everyone's inspired. The whole assembly's been guaranteed that if they just follow this culminating teaching, all of them will attain Anuttara Samyaksambodai, perfect, complete enlightenment, in this moment, in this lifetime, and they'll spread, doing their bodhisattva work, this same teaching to many others at different stages, either through skillful means or directly, and they too will attain Anuttara Samyaksambodai and therefore continue this propagation throughout time. Right? That's the first nine chapters. This whole first nine chapters, except for the introduction, which just, says, which just pretty much says, get ready. Something very different is coming down the pike. And the, the rest of the chapters up to chapter 10, all about understanding what that might mean. Now, chapter 10, Preachers of the Dharma, is going to dive into, okay, this is what you're going to expect now by, preaching, by living this bodhisattva life. Not the three vehicles, this one vehicle. It's a modification of the bodhisattva life that you've learned so far, but now it's imbued with actual enlightenment, not just knowledge of how to teach it, but the actual experience. That's a different bodhisattva, isn't it? Mm. So that's what we have in store for the next video. Uh, let me mark the page here because if I don't, my old age will lead me astray. That's just samsara getting in the way. So we're cruising through the Lotus Sutra and it's exciting. It's revealing a lot and it's like the more that I read whatever translation the more I can in, intuit and share insight from my over 40 years of doing this and uh, the different translations provide slightly different hmm, shall we say colors or um, insights and the more you read something the more you can read um, the meaning within the text. I know that's certainly true for me. I hope it's true for you. I hope you're getting a lot of confidence and uh, raising your aspiration for your enlightenment, yeah? Check out the description, all the links in the description. Those of you who are supporting this effort, this, this resource, of course, it's not just YouTube, it's the, the free podcast, the, the, the bookstore, all of it. Um, threefoldlows.com, lots of links there, uh, lots of things there that aren't anywhere else. It's a very big resource of info. It's all just plain HTML, so you don't have to worry about anything tracking you from the website anyway. 
your browser, that's another story. I don't have any control over that. But, um, yeah, it's a simple site, so don't worry. Um, I'm really, really appreciative of your efforts, and I want you to know that. I want you just, if all you can do is like and subscribe, that's an important thing to do. Um, if you can do more, it's only helping you. All of this is about your confidence, making your practice strong. In that regard, please take care of your health. We need you around. We need you to help propagate and uh, reverse the trends in, of violence and anger and stupidity in the world today. My gosh, we need to affect it and influence it, yeah? That motivates me every day. Well, not every day. Some days I'm just ah, so angry with it. It's hard to get out of bed. But boy, I come in here and talk to you guys and I sure feel a lot better. So keep your practice strong and I'll see you in the next one. All right? Take care. Bye for now.